0: I can't remember whether since my uh, surgery and all of that of four years ago this past March, I have uh, thanked you for praying for me and for Liz in that time. And uh, if I haven't, please forgive me, but I'd like to thank you now for having prayed and visited and sent cards and um, cared for us uh, in ways that um, only the Lord knows the fullness of. And uh I'd like to just uh, add my uh, encouragement to you. Um, I know you know this, uh, and, but sometimes we take things for granted. And uh, there are not many places around the world, uh, let alone Australia, uh, that are still like this. Uh, a lot started 40 odd years ago, 50 years ago, uh, but not many that have started since then are still the same as you are here. Uh, with the King James Bible, with a hymn book, with children learning scripture, uh, all the old-fashioned stuff. And aren't we thankful for the old-fashioned stuff? It's good stuff. And it's not good because it's old. It's uh, got to be old because it is good. And it's survived. And uh, you have too. And it's an encouragement to the rest of us uh, as we look around the country and see the decline and the deterioration and uh, the testimony from our brother travelling from Queensland. Uh, It's a blessing and it's hard to maintain what you have here, Um, so I'd encourage you to stick with it. Uh, You'll notice in the bulletin, if uh, the song leader hasn't let you fall asleep yet, it's his responsibility. He should have woken you up uh, if you're tending that way. Uh, Making the most of it. As the title of the message, that could mean lots of things, but uh, let's pray and see what the Bible says about making the most of it. Our Father, we are thankful that we can lift our voices in praise and in thanksgiving and in song, Uh, and we see that you are an unchanging Saviour, a wonderful Heavenly Father to us. We are blessed uh, beyond our ability to understand, really. Uh, We have uh, so much, uh, and so much to look forward to, so much more that you have promised. uh, That is uh, our inheritance, uh, incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away, Peter reminds us. Uh, We're thankful for your goodness to us, uh, for the freedoms we still enjoy uh, to be about your business, uh, to have the doors open, to have a Bible in our language, uh, to be able to share our faith with any that would listen. All these we enjoy uh, because of your grace and your mercy and because you first loved us. We thank you, Father, that we can celebrate these things, that we can honour you, we can magnify your name, uh, we can be encouraged uh, to lift one another up uh, and to be a blessing in these difficult days in which we live. We thank you, Father, for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Making the most of it, you'll see a a scripture reference there. Um, Just by way of illustration, in uh, 1925, uh, a young 22-year-old, well-accomplished pianist by the name of Vladimir Horowitz uh, left the Soviet Union uh, looking for freedom looking for an opportunity to develop his skill. And uh, he moved to the United States and uh, grew to be an incredible uh, pianist. Uh, And uh, in his late 80s, well mid-80s, when he was 83 years old, uh, in uh, 1986, uh, he thought surely they would let me come back and they wouldn't throw me in jail. Uh, And they did let him back. And uh, World Media was there, and you can get a CD of uh, the recital, just uh, piano. He uh, brought his own piano, and uh, there's uh, images that you can see of him. He walks onto the platform, and he he pats his piano, and he sits down, and he plays. And uh, journalists said that for the week before that, uh, thousands, literally thousands of people lined up in the streets of Moscow, Uh, in freezing conditions, um, knowing that they would never get a ticket because uh, the Soviet authorities had made so few available to the public. They knew they could never get in, but they wanted to be able to tell their children that they stood in the line and they waited uh, and they took the opportunity to be there. Uh, And then uh, the journalist describes uh, the, um, the concert... Uh, where uh, this uh, 83 year old man uh, and the words that they used to describe his playing was that he played with such freedom uh, such ease at an 83 years of age his fingers were nimble his mind was sharp uh, and people were seen all over the the little auditorium weeping openly uh, as he played uh, the music of the Russian composers Uh, and the whole point of all of that is that Uh, People took an opportunity that they knew might never be realised. Horowitz, uh, after more than 60 years of absence, took an opportunity to go there not knowing how he would be received. Uh, And that's just for a one-off concert, that people would go to all that effort. What sort of effort will we go to to make the most of it as a Christian in 2018? Ephesians chapter 5, if you'd turn there, please. Ephesians chapter 5 beginning in uh, verse 15 we'll just read down to verse 20 with uh, one thought uh, as primary and I'm sure you already know where we're going Uh, but beginning in verse 15 we read see then that ye walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God, and to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Redeeming the time is a biblical way of saying, making the most of it. The Apostle Paul uh, encourages the believers in Ephesus, uh, a difficult place, uh, a place where there was uh, great witchcraft and occult activity. Uh, You can read about it in Acts chapter 19, where uh, the believers, when they were saved and they came out of that former life, uh, made this massive bonfire of all their stuff, all the stuff of the old life. Uh, and they burnt it publicly, Uh, and in today's value it would count into the millions of dollars uh, of books and artefacts and uh, occult paraphernalia and bits and pieces that they wanted to make a public testimony uh, that they were not continuing in the old ways but wanted the world to see that they were a new creature in Christ. The Apostle Paul from prison writes to them, Uh, And uh, he urges them here. We won't be doing a a survey through the book of Ephesians. I think pastors preaching through it already uh, has been and will again if the Lord doesn't come. But uh, if you go back to chapter four, uh, we'll begin in uh, chapter four um, where we read uh, because we're talking about uh, walking circumspectly, walking uh, with wisdom, uh, walking in a way that counts as a Christian. Uh, and redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, They were evil in the Lord's day. They were evil in Adam's day. They were evil in Noah's day. They're evil in our day. Uh, They're always evil. And the wicked one wants to create a world full of evil uh, that the believer's voice and life would be drowned out and submerged by all the rubbish that the world promotes as an alternative lifestyle Uh, as new values, as progressive thinking, uh, as humanism, as rationalism, whatever it is, uh, the devil wants to drown out the voice uh, that um, Lavington Baptist Church has here, that other churches uh, all around the world have that would name the name of Christ. So he begins here in chapter 4 after reminding them uh, where they're seated, that they're seated in the heavenlies. Uh, watchman these are wonderful three-word outline of the book of Ephesians. Sit, walk, and stand. That's basically what the book of Ephesians is all about. We're seated in the heavenlies, we walk in the world and how we're to do that, and then the stand we are to take in the spiritual battle. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Uh, The Christian life is a chosen life, it's a vocation, Uh, it's a life God has uh, set out, and we will see a little bit of it in outline form here, uh, of how he wants us to live, uh, how he would desire that Lamington Baptist Church uh, would live. And uh, he begins uh, with uh, this um, encouragement uh, that uh, we would walk uh, worthy uh, of uh, our calling Uh, The calling to live a separated life, the calling to be uh, a testimony uh, in a world uh, that needs to hear the gospel. And he encourages them to walk, uh, to live a life uh, that is worthy uh, of the calling of a Christian. Uh, People uh, go to all sorts of lengths to pursue the things that they want. Uh, A young Horowitz uh, thought it was worth going to the other side of the world at the risk of losing everything uh, to become uh, an expert at playing the piano. It's a wonderful thing to do but compared to a Christian and the goals that we have uh, it pales into insignificance and yet people were standing in the street in freezing cold knowing that they'd never get a ticket but they wanted to say they were there what sort of church services do we have where people are willing to do that Maybe in days gone by. Uh, Because we have it a little bit easy now, and I'm not criticising anybody, it's just the world we live in. But we think they're good, and in many ways they are, but the Bible says they're evil days. We need to redeem the time because the days are evil. So walk worthy uh, of the vocation wherewith we are called. uh, And it continues down until we get to the place where we understand Uh, that we need to uh, walk in unity, verse 3. Endeavouring to keep the unity, um, not of the political system, uh, not because the pastor and deacons want it, uh, but uh, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's a spiritual unity, it's a God-given blessing that we can have one mind in Christ, that we can uh, have uh, similar views on things because they're Bible views. And that we're encouraged to, uh, to, uh, to walk in that manner because uh, there's everything working against us. Uh, and there are all manner of difficulties uh, that I don't need to name uh, that you have struggled with over 44 years and uh, who knows what's around the corner by way of difficulty in the world that we live in. So walk in unity. Could I encourage you, brethren, uh, be worthy, uh, walk in a manner that is worthy of your calling Uh, to enjoy the unity of the spirit that you have in Christ. And then he encourages them, uh, secondly, uh, in verse 17 uh, of chapter 4, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord uh, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Uh, The world promotes the mind as uh, the place of learning, uh, the place of intellect, the place of uh, achievement and accomplishment, and, and we're not anti-education uh, or we're not anti-knowledge uh, or anything like that. Uh, but if it would um, uh, destroy this unity uh, and encourage us to walk uh, as a, a worldly person, uh, then we ought to abandon that. I'm not saying you need to leave your brain at home. Some people think we leave our brain at the door when we come in here and we have some preaching. But it's the exact opposite. We have the renewing of the mind, the Bible says. What a wonderful thing that is! Who wouldn't want a renewed mind uh, in the day of corruption that we live in? So he urges them uh, to uh, uh, to have this, that they wouldn't walk in their former lusts and in the old ways, uh, but to have a, a pure mind, uh, pure by biblical definition. And then in chapter two and verse, uh, chapter five and verse two, he says, "And walk in love, as Christ has loved us." And if that was the only verse in the Bible, uh, there would be a lifetime's uh, study and meditation and application to get a handle on what it is to walk in love as Christ loved us. It's an unselfish, it is a totally abandoned, generous, uh, beyond description, uh, selfless love that he has showed to us. And he said, now, would you show that to the brethren? Would you be outstanding to the world? that thinks they know what love is and they haven't got a clue. Would you be a model of this? He encourages them. Walk in love. And then in verse 8 of chapter 5, he encourages them to walk as children of light. Uh, They have been brought into the light out of darkness uh, and some of us have been believers that long that we've forgotten the darkness that we grew up in perhaps and the things we once enjoyed. Uh, not that we want to dwell there, but it's good to be reminded and remember what the Lord saved us from. Amen. Uh, because then we can be an encouragement to those that are still stuck in it and think we haven't got a clue about life because we we might wear a tie and go to church on Sunday. And I think, what do you know about anything? You've had a sheltered life. You've been protected. You, you don't have a clue what, what goes on in the world. Well, well, let me tell you. And you can go on and you can share Uh, the rubbish that the Lord saved you from. Uh, So let's not forget that, but let's not dwell back in there and live in there. Uh, Walk as children of light, um, wonderful light of uh, the grace and the glory of God. And then in verses 15 to 17 and uh, 18 to 20, we are urged to walk in wisdom. Uh, And then uh, in uh, verse uh, uh, 18, uh, that we are to be filled with the spirit Uh, giving thanks, uh, walking in a manner of uh, giving praise to God and being thankful for things that uh, we have in our life, whether they're what we think are good or not so good. Uh, We read in Romans chapter 1 that uh, the uh, degradation uh, of humanity, the descent into uh, idol worship and self-worship begins with a lack of thankfulness and a lack of acknowledging who God is and uh, the wonderful things that he has done for us. So we're to be redeeming the time. And how we redeem the time, how we make the most of our opportunities, uh, is what I'd like us to think about just for a, a little while this afternoon. The Apostle Paul called his difficulties and his challenges, uh, his light afflictions in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. And you read the list of all the things he endured. uh, Beatings, uh, floggings, uh, stonings, uh, being left for dead, uh, being shipwrecked, um, the care of the churches, uh, being abandoned by his brethren. uh, And in Acts we read, he says, none of these things move me. He's pressing on. Uh, In what he writes to the uh, believers in Ephesus here, uh, encouraging them to walk... Uh, with wisdom uh, and with uh, godly understanding, uh, not as fools, not as uh, empty vain people, uh, but as having godly wisdom, knowing that the days are evil and that the time needs to be taken up, opportunities need to be seized because we have no idea when they might end. I'm sure there's people uh, in different places of the world, uh, in uh, Cambodia before Pol Pot rose to power, Uh, I'm sure people that uh, wore eyeglasses or had some level of education other than primary school didn't consider themselves to be a threat to society and that they would be thrown into prison and that their families would be torn apart uh, and uh, millions, millions would be slaughtered just because they present some opposition to a mad dictator. I'm sure people in Europe uh, uh, just uh, a time just before I was born Uh, in 1947 uh, had no idea that uh, Europe would be torn to pieces by the madness that overwhelmed the world in their day. And their believers lived through that, struggled through that. I wonder how they read these things when they read them in their day. And we have no idea what is coming uh, in our day, uh, other than as pastors been going through the book of Revelation, uh, we know the back of the book. Uh, We know what's coming. uh, We know what's happening. But we don't know the detail and we don't know the time. So in the meantime, making the most of our opportunities is the thing. And then we're told uh, to, to do that and to accomplish that. Um, rather than being drunk with wine, they're being controlled by alcohol. He's saying, uh, be controlled, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, how do we become filled with the Spirit? Well, he tells us in the next verse by speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, giving thanks when we're having a good time, giving thanks when we're having a not-so-good time, giving thanks when what we think is happening is a terrible time. It's pretty easy to give thanks when everything's cruising along, isn't it? When things are difficult, when things are... Uh, uh, heart-wrenchingly uncomfortable and impossible. Uh, The Christian is to give thanks. It's a supernatural ability that God gives us to do that because it's not in the flesh to do that. The flesh is screaming, let me out of here. And the Lord says, didn't I lead you here? Didn't I promise to make you more and more like the Saviour every day by putting you in the crucible and turning up the heat and the refiner's fire will deal with the rubbish in the life. It's the only way it will be dealt with. And we should say, thank you, Lord. And sometimes we do and sometimes we forget and sometimes we get overwhelmed. So he says, don't walk as fools, be wise. Understand what the will of the Lord is and that it is that perhaps through trial and suffering and difficulty and unimaginable hardship, Uh, God will refine Lavington Baptist Church in its 45th year or 46th or 47th or 50th if we all live that long. It's God's business and it's wonderful business. So speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs uh, being filled with the spirit is not being slain and getting some second blessing and and everybody gibbering in some uh, uncontrollable fashion here. That's not what the Bible says about spirit filling. It says it right here. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual. We'll look at some examples of this in a minute. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. What a wonderful thing we are able to do as a Christian. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you think he loves that? I reckon he loves that beyond our ability to understand. When he sees his children. When you see your children up here uh, reciting some scripture uh, you see uh, adult married daughters playing the piano. Uh, you see second, third generation of, of things happening. Uh, as a parent, doesn't it do your heart good? And what does our Heavenly Father, how is his heart when he sees his children here? And he says, be faithful. We're not finished yet. There's some hard stuff around the corner. But don't forget, I've said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Giving thanks always for all things. This is impossible stuff, isn't it? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and to the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, recognising that He is the one with authority Uh, He is the one who has purchased us. He is the one who owns us. He's the one who has the plan for us. Uh, He's the one who will take us home one day. Uh, He is the one before whom we will stand one day and hope to hear, well done, a good and faithful servant. And he enables us to serve. He equips us to serve. He gives us opportunities to serve. And he says, make the most of it. So how are we going with making the most of it? speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, giving thanks. John Henry Jowett says uh, in uh, one of his little devotional writings, uh, the ungrateful heart can never be exuberant. Don't you want to be an exuberant Christian? uh, Bubbling over, uh, on fire, being red hot, Peter describes this as. Fervent, that's how we should be. And the charismatics have frightened us out of being fervent. They've frightened us out of having a passion, frightened us out of people jumping up and saying, Hallelujah, praise God, preach it or whatever. I'm not saying you have to do that. (laughs) But if you feel like it, we shouldn't be intimidated, should we? But sometimes we think we've been put in a mould and, oh, what will I think? Well, shouldn't we rather think, what will the Lord think? And wouldn't he be pleased if I jumped up and said a Hallelujah when the preacher said something and... and, and, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) this has not been set up or rehearsed, or the pastor hasn't said anything. Um, But uh, exuberant, uh, enthusiastic, uh, generous to overflowing. Um, When gratitude abounds, the face beams, the eye gleams and sparkles. Enthusiasm and exuberance in serving others is the joy of the Lord. And uh, doesn't Nehemiah say that the joy of the Lord is my strength? The Lord says, let's be joyful, we can do this. I mean, whose is the power? It's his. Whose is the work? It's his. Whose is the glory? It's his. And we have a little part, and we should say, thank you, Lord. I've got a little part here. I've got a little part for a handful of years. Maybe five years, maybe ten years, maybe 50 years, maybe 44 years, maybe 44 days. But every day we should say, I want to redeem that time because I don't know how many days I might have yet. If you would turn to uh, the book of Acts chapter 16, uh, one example of making the most of it uh, in difficult times and uh, it's pretty easy probably to make the most of it uh, when things are easy but we see here the Apostle Paul in Philippi we could turn to uh, Acts chapter 19 Uh, we see uh, the brethren in Ephesus but we don't have time for that Uh, or we could turn to Acts chapter 20 and see the Apostle Paul uh, farewelling uh, the leaders of Ephesus as I've met on the beach at Miletus and, uh, and, and they're weeping on each other's neck He's saying, I won't see you again, but I'm glad that I met you and you've come to know Christ and you're serving him and, uh, and it's a sad goodbye, but it's a wonderful goodbye because a Christian's goodbye is not a goodbye, but a see you later, isn't it? See you later. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> How good is that? So in Acts chapter 16, we find that the Apostle Paul, well, before this, he had a desire to go into what would be modern-day northern Turkey. And uh, he wanted to go there, and uh, the Lord gave him a vision of a man in Macedonia calling him to come over into Europe. Uh, So he goes over to Europe. uh, Not his plan, God's plan. Isn't God's plan always better than our plan? Uh, And uh, we find uh, he goes down to um, uh, the river uh, where uh, it's known that uh, people go to pray, Uh, There's uh, all sorts of demonic activity with uh, fortune telling and uh, people making gain and uh, profit from uh, some poor demon possessed girl Uh, and the Apostle Paul deals with that. Uh, He meets uh, Lydia uh, down by the uh, river where the women uh, are gathered together it says in verse 13 and on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. It was known that this, if you wanted, to, if you had some inquiry, uh, some burden, uh, you could go down there and pray with these people. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, a, a, a wealthy, a business woman of uh, the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. So there's lots of worshippers that are ignorant of the truth. They're worshipping all sorts of other things. Uh, Her eyes are open to the gospel. She's saved. Uh, uh, A a church starts. Eventually we see uh, the people that were profiting from this demon-possessed girl complain. And uh, we read uh, in verse 20, um, And brought them, uh, this is uh, Paul and Silas, to the magistrates, uh, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. So the fact that a woman is delivered of a demon and some shonky businesses run out of town, literally, uh, the people in power saying, well, this is no good. This is bad for business. We'd much rather have a reputation of what's been going on here rather than uh, people being uh, presented with the gospel, uh, being set free and forgiven their sins. And uh, this, is, this is not good, they say. In verse uh, 22, it wasn't just the leaders Uh, Because uh, in verse 21 we read uh, these people, Paul and Silas, teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. Uh, They're bowing down to Caesar. This is a threat to the establishment. Um, We know the story. You know what all happens here. But uh, can you imagine uh, the pastor and the deacons being uh, taken uh, to the middle of Sydney? and uh, being uh, flogged uh, in uh, the main square for preaching the gospel, uh, being bad for business in setting people free of their uh, demonic possession and activity, and that that's a threat to society. We probably haven't got there yet, but we're not maybe that far away, because uh, pretty soon we may be told that we can't preach this and we must do that, and the law requires X, Y and Z, And uh, there may be a day coming when in civilised, western, affluent Australia, we might have to say, excuse me, but the Bible says I can't do that. And who knows what will become of us. Uh, We think we live uh, at an easy time and we do, uh, but possibly difficult times might be just around the corner. The Apostle Paul said uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, they're redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, The days are always evil. Uh, the opposition is ever-present. Uh, so we would be foolish to think that this might never happen. Uh, in other countries, it's happening today, uh, that the believers are being persecuted, uh, people disappear in the night and they're never heard of again. Uh, and what did they do? They loved the Lord. They proclaimed his word. And they were removed from society. And the multitude, verse 22, rose up together against them. The magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Uh, They were so enraged at uh, this uh, uh, preaching of the gospel, this uh, setting at liberty, this uh, person, uh, and uh, the uproar that perhaps uh, was created by Paul and Silas, uh, that they had them beaten with rods. Uh, This is not the the Jewish uh, method where 39 stripes was the limit. Uh, The Romans had no such law. They could beat a person to death. And then uh, they are so enraged that they command the prison keeper to uh, uh, throw them uh, into the most secure part of the prison, uh, who, having received, verse 24, such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. We later on uh, read... Uh, that um, Paul confronts the magistrates when uh, they're allowed to go the next day. Um, They said, oh, by the way, we're Romans. You had no right to do that. Uh, But them making the most of it was that they allowed themselves to be imprisoned. They allowed themselves to be beaten. They recognised that God had put them there, in that place... Rather than northern Turkey, the Lord said, Macedonia, Philippi, demon-possessed girl, power to give her liberty, preach the gospel, Lydia saved, church gets established, but don't say anything about the fact that you shouldn't be punished. We say, how hard is that? A man's beaten nearly to death um, for proclaiming the truth, for following God's leading, uh, for being obedient, being submissive. And then the part we want to get to, because this is what he said uh, as he writes back to the Ephesians in chapter 5, and at midnight, a lot of wonderful things happen in Scripture at midnight, some terrible things too, But and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed. And uh, their prayer, we gather, wasn't um, Lord this is a terrible mess we're in here. Um, and they sang. I, I can't imagine how hard it would be to sing and praise God uh, when my back is beaten. I've never been whipped and flogged and thrown into jail. and you could imagine the jail here uh, in Philippi, uh, some sort of dungeon. Uh, there's no hot and cold running water, no TV. Uh, no three meals a day type of prison this would have been hideously unhygienic Uh, you're bleeding all over, you've been beaten your feet are fastened to the stocks Uh, probably rats and rodents and who knows what else is running around there, feeding on the excrement and everything else that's in this hole in the ground where they've thrown you and they're singing in the middle of the night when It's the darkest of the time and the most difficult to fight off discouragement and they're singing and they're praising God and they're praying and we don't know exactly uh, what they were singing but uh, being a pair of uh, good Jewish men perhaps they were singing from the book of Psalms. That was their song book. Uh, perhaps they were singing the Hallel Psalms, 113 to 118, that they would sing every time they would go to the Passover. Uh, they would sing the shortest of the Psalms, Psalm 117. O oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. We don't know what language they sang in, but we know that everybody in the prison heard them. And they heard the other things they were singing. And perhaps they were singing from a portion of Psalm 119 that the Apostle Paul, I'm sure, would have memorised when he was steeped in his Judaism. In Psalm 119 and verse 62, we read, At midnight I will praise and give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments." There's a recognition that this was God's decision, this was God's plan, this was God's purpose, that he would put me in this stinking jail uh, with my back bleeding, my feet in stocks and i have an opportunity to feel sorry for myself or i have an opportunity to wake up at midnight if I manage to doze off or if I'm still asleep and I'm not delirious with the pain of it all, I will sing praises at midnight. They were doing what the Bible says. They were living the book. Isn't that what Christians do? Living the book. So they were doing that. They were praising God at midnight. And we read, the prisoner's heard. This is a, a wonderful word. It's uh, only used once in the New Testament. It's not often used in the Greek language at all. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful little word. Uh, That describes a a hearing that produces great joy. Uh, It's like the hearing uh, that we listen to the children reciting scripture. It's the hearing with which we listen to the praises being sung, the special music uh, that that takes us to a place in our heart and mind where we have communion with God. Uh, It's a very tender, very meaningful Word that describes uh, great joy. I don't know what gives you great joy when you listen uh, intently. Uh, We often listen like we breathe, sort of half listen, and we don't really take it in. It's just sort of background noise. Uh, And sometimes as believers, we approach the word of God that way when he wants to speak to us. And we're not really listening. We sort of are, but we're we're not redeeming the time. We're not making the most of it. We're just making something of it. But could I encourage us as God's people uh, to make the most of it, to make the most of every day? The prisoners heard them. And suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake and that's a miracle, but there's other greater miracles that happened here that night. And I know these are familiar things, but just to refresh us in it. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. That's the miracle. And then even a greater miracle... And the keeper of the prison awakened out of sleep and seeing the prison doors open, uh, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Uh, if he lost a prisoner, his life was forfeit. That was, that was the rule. And uh, he's imagining because everything's open, all the doors are open, um, and uh, he at this stage may well have thought that it was um, uh, an earthquakes are not uncommon there, but just the timing of it, uh, coincidence perhaps... Uh, let's say, the will of God, absolutely. Uh, And um, he comes to Paul and Silas and um, uh, he wants to take his own life because he thinks it's forfeit. Uh, And uh, Paul cried with a loud voice in verse 28, saying, Do thyself no harm. We're all here. That's the biggest miracle. From the hearing of the praising of God by two people that had been grossly abused, um, tortured, thrown into prison unjustly and they didn't complain. They never put their hand up saying, you can't do this to me. They allowed all that to happen to them. So I believe they could make reality of Psalm 119 verse 62 and at midnight sing praises to God and that the people heard it and they wanted to hear more, that perhaps never heard some prisoners singing Hallelujah, praise be to the Lord, uh, because uh, his righteous judgments, God's decision to put Him there, they were thanking God for that. And they lead the man to Christ. What a wonderful thing. And how many of the other prisoners, we have no idea. But the Philippian jailer and all his family, and later on they take them out and and they wash their bleeding wounds and uh, and they baptised uh, the, the believer and uh, all in his family that believed, uh, and uh, they rejoiced and they praised God, and later on we read that the church in Philippi grew from this awful injustice, uh, this accidental earthquake, uh, this uh, brutalising of uh, two Jewish pilgrims that happened to be Roman citizens as well, just by the way, uh, in a Roman stronghold, uh, and God took care of it. What a wonderful thing. Making the most of their opportunities. Paul and Silas were not afraid. Well, if they were, uh, they expressed their fear uh, in prayer and singing of praises. So if that's what happens when we're afraid, we'll then bring on the fear. Uh, it's not a bad way to be afraid, is it? Uh, they were not ashamed. They allowed themselves to be in that position because they knew God had called them there. Remember, they were on the way to northern Turkey and God said, not there, here. And when we think God says not there but here, what are we expecting when we get here? We're expecting blessing. We're expecting easy life. We're expecting (coughs) the land of milk and honey. Forgetting that the Jordan had to be forded by faith in flood uh, and the enemies and the walled cities and the chariots of iron and uh, the wickedness of the enemy. Uh, But the Lord said, I'll give it to you. Just walk on it. It's all yours. I promised it to you. So they're praising God. They're not ashamed. They were singing to the Lord. Perhaps the Passover song, certainly from uh, their songbook. The Apostle Paul, I think, uh, by now would have added much to the Old Testament that he was taught in his time with the Lord in solitude. Uh, You remember we read in the book of Acts uh, that he was told all the things that would happen to him. God showed him that he would be an ambassador to the Gentiles and he showed him uh, his life ministry. Uh, As he did to Isaiah, he said, Isaiah, you're going to preach your heart out all your life and no one will care. No one will listen, but do it anyway. And uh, whether the Apostle Paul was privileged with the burden of knowing the future, because it is a burden, We are so much better off not knowing what comes tomorrow. Um, Did he know? What did he sing? But uh, we know from seeing this uh, episode that the source of his happiness was not his clean clothes and a fine soft bed. It was being in God's presence, in God's purpose, doing the Lord's will. And we see here also that the enemy can't take away our peace and our joy doesn't matter what he does, he can't rob us of that. The body may be tortured, may be chained, but the spirit can't be silenced, can't be bound, can't be chained. If you haven't read Fox's Book of Martyrs for a while, it's a disturbing and encouraging and a very teary read of God's people throughout the ages, what they suffered at the hands sometimes of others that called themselves Christians, brethren so-called, heartbreaking stuff. But that's how God builds life, builds character, builds his church. What power there is in knowing Christ, able to withstand a beating and abuse and wrongful imprisonment And being able to make melody in the heart and sing praises to God. Wonderful things that we're able to do. We might ask, uh, why does God allow his choice servants to suffer so? Faithful ones to suffer so. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Apostle Paul's testimony is, Most gladly will I glory rather in my infirmities, That the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, if we want the power, we need to put up with the suffering. It's the way it goes. God's glory shines brightest in sufferings. He writes to the Philippians, Paul says in chapter 1, verse 29 For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his name's sake. It's a privilege to do that suffering is a a grace gift we are told in Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 suffering is a normal part of the Christian life so we should rejoice in it joy and suffering has always been a remarkable thing it will draw attention to the one who is able to give the joy it will draw attention to that which is extraordinary And it might even cause people to ask a question like it did the Philippian jailer. What must I do to be saved? And he wasn't talking about his physical life. He knew that was spared. Nobody had ran. Nobody had uh, escaped. Uh, They were all sitting there perhaps listening to the next stanza of what Paul and Silas were going to sing. Uh, what amazing testimony there would be uh, of the power of the, the grace of God to transform the life of, of, of a miserable old Pharisee who was a murderer and a persecutor of the brethren who was now one of them and imprisoned as one of them. That's a pretty powerful message. And maybe some of the power out of the church is dissipating because uh, we're not willing to stand up or we're not willing to suffer or we would be quick to say, excuse me, I'm a Roman, you can't do that to me. Rather than letting people walk all over us, literally, if that's what God has. And we don't know why he would do such a thing, but he has done it before. And maybe he would do it again. Maybe we would be privileged to to have that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace that their captives and tormentors were burnt to death as they approached. And we read of the king As he sees the three walking in the fire and he says, I see four men, one like unto the Son of Man. So maybe in that deepest of the hardship, the Lord would come and walk with us. We need to recognise his hand, take the opportunities. A concert in Moscow after 60 years is a very pale thing compared to what a Christian might be called upon to do and what opportunities the Lord would give us to do something that would be outstanding, that people would stand in the rain for days knowing that they're not even going to get in but just to be able to say to their children, I was there that day. I cared enough to be there knowing that I'd never make it in but I cared enough to be there recognising the Lord's goodness to us. The world is watching Lavington Baptist Church. Sometimes they mock, other times they ridicule, most of the time they oppose. Our political correct lawmakers distorting the world that we grew up in to the point where it's almost unrecognisable from what it was 44 years ago. But when persecution comes to us, let's be found singing at midnight. Let's be rejoicing in the Lord. Let's be not shaken by our circumstances, but rather glorifying God. So that those who listen will be amazed. And they will be encouraged. And some might even turn to the Saviour and find that he is wonderful, counsellor, almighty God, the everlasting Father the Prince of Peace, can be the Good Shepherd for them as he has been to us. Fourth one in the furnace through unimaginable trial. Constant divine companion to those at the ends of the earth. The Good Shepherd. The way we handle our problems and make the most of our opportunities says a great deal about our faith and the one in whom our faith resides. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you uh, for this wonderful day in the life of Lavington Baptist Church. Uh, Each one that is a member of it today, those that have gone before, uh, those that will come after us, uh, for your goodness that we have given testimony of. Uh, the reminder and the refreshing in the purpose that you have for us, Uh, the difficulties that we face, Uh, the wonderful good things of life that you shower upon us daily, Uh, the many things that we sometimes even forget to thank you for. Uh, Might we also perhaps one day find ourselves in a position uh, where we can sing songs of praise at midnight in the different times of our life we have had those midnight times those times of uh, great hardship uh, but and we look back on those times uh, that we saw you there and you helped us and that you might um, use that to encourage us to be a blessing to others uh, as they would face their midnight time, uh, as they would have their uh, challenges to faith, uh, that they also would be living the word uh, in doing what you require of us in our day. And we thank you that it is not by our strength or might or anything that we would bring Uh, But it is all of you and for your glory. And we thank you that in the meantime, uh, we can make the most of every day. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.